You're listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jangle, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and AJ. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alex. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not too bad. Well, I guess it's not morning for you anymore, is it? You're a no, little it's bit early ahead. afternoon. Nice. Yeah, but I had a busy morning, so I went really quickly. That's always nice. Get the day going. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty excited to talk about our topic today because I think it's something that affects everybody at some point in their lives, if not on a regular basis, which is uh, one of the reasons we wanted to touch upon it today, and that is stress. Yes, stress. It's a biggie, isn't it? It really is. I think bigger than most people care to admit. Because we yeah, don't like to think that point. It, uh, I think a lot of people are in denial, probably because they've just been in that you know, hyper stress mode ever since college. (laughs) Exactly. They think it's normal, maybe even (laughs) high school, really. That's true. That's true. And I think especially at those, in in those younger, younger ages, we don't recognize, you know, there's, there's so many other things going on at that time in our lives that it's hard to recognize what is causing what and what actually stress feels like. And I think it's not something we really recognize until we get older you know, like that kind of nervous anxiety that that's stress related. Interesting. Do you think that's a good place to start? Maybe you can describe what stress feels like to you. And maybe we should just clarify first that we're talking not so much about like acute stress that you manage and that you have, you know, proper recovery from, but when things get more into the chronic state. Mm -hmm. Um, So your stress is elevated, not just more um, like more intense, but also more frequently. So do you want to describe what that feels like for you, Alex? Because I think a lot of, you know, this show is about helping people understand their own bodies and maybe we can help them with that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because I, from my experience, it seems like everybody experiences stress in different ways. The symptoms of it and the signs of, of being stressed will show up in all sorts of different ways, whether it's you know, a feeling that you get, uh, maybe you're not sleeping well. For me, for as far back as I can remember, the first sign of stress showed up in my skin. Mm -hmm. It it showed up in the form of eczema. I would get extremely itchy and it would usually start in like one small place. When I was younger, it was around like the tops of my ears. And when it would get really bad, it would actually start showing up on my face. So like my eyelids, would get really itchy and we thought it was uh, food related at first. So we did, you know, all the standard food allergy tests. And then when we started looking deeper at the other things that were going on in my life, it was very clear that it was a stress response. And that became much more evident in my teenage years. So going to school, anytime there were finals or tests coming up, the eczema would flare up, interestingly enough. And that is very true today still. And that's actually the first symptom for me that I know that I'm stressed. Hmm, interesting. So like how how soon will that set in for you? Like let's say, I don't mean, it must be really complicated for you, especially if you're doing a show. Like would a show stress you out? And would you then have that complication? And I'm sure that's something that would be really uh, aggravating, especially for doing a contest. Is something like that would aggravate it or what? It would. It would. And it definitely happened. I noticed it happening more frequently when I first started competing, probably because I was putting my body under additional stress with the type of diet and the over-exercising I was doing. But I really, one thing that sticks out in my mind is I had um, a little patch on my lower back. And the only time that I, it really became a problem. I mean, it's annoying to have it, but what really caused a problem was when it was time to tan for the show and the tan would take differently on that area because the skin was so dry. And so aesthetically speaking, the whole goal was, you know, to have the aesthetic appeal and uh, that this weird tan patchy spot was not, not good timing for the show. 
Huh, interesting. So mm-hmm. like how quickly would that on like come on for you? Like back in the day, would it just be within a be day or two? Or sh- yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And usually the, the itchiness would come first and then the a- actual appearance of it would show up like the next day. And that would take wow. a, a couple of days for it to go away. If I once I, you know, say I took some tests, you know, tests at school and I was able to relax. Generally, it would start to calm down within a day or two. So uh, you just kind of made me think of something that I talk about sometimes with my clients. You said, you know, after the text test would pass and then you would have time to relax, um, it would go away. Is your preference for relaxation actually like going out and doing something like yoga or using some kind of like meditation device, or is it just the passing, like the test is over or whatever that brings you back to norm or does that vary for you? I think it varies when it comes to something like a test where, you know, it's, I've completed it and it's over and I really don't have to think about it again. I can probably just have it be done and finishing that and having that be complete would be enough. I wouldn't need to do another activity afterwards. But if there was like just a stressful event going on that didn't really have a clear ending, then I would resort to other modes. Um, If I found that I wasn't sleeping well enough, maybe there was just too much stuff on my mind, exercise generally was not the answer because... Mm -hmm. As much as I wanted it to be, and I think I, I tried to make it be sometimes, you know, kind of just go to the gym, get, escape from whatever else was going on, have some time. But, my, you know, if I wasn't rested and then I would just overdo it, I found that that just set me back more. Um, but I did find that doing a very like mellow yoga class did help because it wasn't strenuous. I could really just focus on my breath getting out of my head, which helped a lot. And I always take advantage of that end Savasana pose where I just lay and my goal was just to not think about anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just having that, like nothing going on in your, your head, your mind isn't racing. That's, uh, yeah, I experienced that when I do sports and mm-hmm. that's why um, I guess something I could tack on to what your comment is, but that that mental clarity and just being in the, that zone and, and not thinking about anything, that's when I'd always like ride my dirt bike like to mm-hmm. the best I could. It's, you know, that they call it, you know, the athletes call it the zone. And that's where things get really confusing because that is like a meditative calming state, mm-hmm. but yet you're doing something like in my case, opposite to yours, yours would be doing yoga. So you're not going to do something that's extremely stressful on the body, but when I was super stressed out sometimes, you know, going for a rip on my dirt bike at the track was like, it felt like this huge stress release. It was a time where I could clear my brain and everything was just flowing. And here I'm thinking that I'm getting a break from my stressors. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm putting my body under this massive stress. And all that I was really doing is kind of just switching the stress from like, oh my God, I got so many things going on in my head with work and relationships and all that other crap that goes on in your life. And instead I'm just switching that I'm clearing my brain from that for you know an hour or two and I'm putting my body under this massive stress of riding a dirt bike for two hours so it's really really hard to distinguish the things that are stressors that might be helping us manage stress or actually hindering us so um, I think you know where I'm kind of going with this is that there are stressors that we can control and manage and control the volume of, such as training at the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, We can still get physical activity without uh, creating a lot of excess stress and cortisol response, which would be something like just walking or doing yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, there's the stressors that we just have absolutely no control over, which are things like exams, um, uh, you know, someone in your family falling ill, a mm-hmm. car accident. We can't control those events, but we can, to some extent, control our reaction to those events. And I think for me, the most important thing has been if, I don't know, there's been times in my life where I was just so pinned, like everything I was doing was just to the max. Mm-hmm. And then if something unforeseen were to come about, then that's where everything just crumbled for me. And I couldn't manage those unforeseen stressors. Like uh, there was a point in time where my dad fell ill and I was already kind of pinned to the max. So I basically was just 
<laughs> I was in way over my head mm-hmm. overnight. Right. Um, and I see a lot of people just, they're living their life, their, their lifestyle, even if, it, you know, it's by doing things that they love to do, whether it be a sport or, or training six, seven days a week, they're pushing it to that level of, hey, if something goes wrong out of your control, it's going to spiral real quickly in, in a really bad direction. Mm-hmm. So for me, managing my stress, and we can talk about some of our coping mechanisms, but um, for me, it's always been, I try to keep things, I mean, I don't want like people to perceive me as someone that has like this, like, I just like, I don't know, skip through the day and everything's hunky-dory because that's <laughs> definitely not the case. But it's just about setting limits for myself and saying, no, I can't do that this week or no, I, I can't go bake a cake for that party I'm going to. I might just have to go buy one at the store pre-made. Right. It's just about setting limits and knowing like how busy I'm going to make my schedule. So, you know, I can cope with that. And as you know, every week something always pops up that you didn't foresee coming or God forbid it would be something, you know, more uh, uh, more serious, like someone were to fall ill or something like that. Uh, you do have some room, you have some slack there. And that's been my number one thing for the last few years is just keeping some, some slack. And I think, I mean, it sounds so simple when you say it, but when it comes time to actually applying it and, and making it a part of your schedule, like having that extra lit, little bit of slack to give yourself for the, you know, if this or if that happens is hard to keep in mind because I think something that I experienced early on, you know, as I started getting into work and, and really just trying to take on more things is feeling like I wasn't doing enough which mm. I get the sense of from a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of clients too, you know, where they feel like they, they want to back off or they give themselves that little bit of slack. Then it's like, well, they almost feel guilty. Like I'm not doing enough now because I gave myself this leeway. And that was something I was definitely uh, guilty of early on is trying to, you know, I want to do so many things. And if I do set aside a day to kind of just relax and, and take it easy, I find myself still thinking about the things that I could be doing instead rather than just Mm. enjoying the moment, enjoying taking the time off and realizing that that time off is probably going to help make me more productive later on. Yeah, totally. It's that, that, uh, glorifying, uh, the glorification of being busy. You you see that (laughs) on a lot of like social media posts and it's like, I hear that all the time. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I mean, I think so much of that is self-inflicted and I feel like I can say that because I used to be a person that, that used to be like that. Like I would mm-hmm. say that to people, but I'm just so busy. I, you know, I don't have time. To, I don't even have time for a phone call because I'm just so busy. Right. And when you really sit back and look at, well, an example, I guess would be, you know, when I, I was aware of this, um, issue that I had with just like stress management and managing my time. And one thing that really spoke loudly to me was like just looking at family members of mine and just seeing that none of us are really good dealing in high stress situations. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I kind of saw the paths that certain people close to me were taking and their reactions to different scenarios and, and how it affected their health and relationships and even their work scenarios. And, um, I just have to make a choice, really. I, I had to look at my my life and and what's what things were self inflicted as far as stressors, mm-hmm. and I just had to start. You know, I think at that point in time, my first thought was, okay, I need to start adding more things to reduce the stress. So I would like, I thought to myself, well, maybe I need to do more yoga, and then maybe I need to keep like a a gratitude journal because I I really do believe that gratitude and being grateful is a great stress coping mechanism for me that I use every single day. Mm-hmm. But as I was like going through this transition and making these decisions and these observations, I was like, wait a second, why am I adding more? Why am I adding, <laughs> why am I adding two yoga classes? Why am I adding a journal that I'm going right. to write in every day? I'm like, I already don't have time for anything. Right. So, well, I, I do understand the benefits of those things my first approach when you're looking at, you know, a schedule, let's say, it's like, what can I take away? 
Yes. <laughs> what don't I need here? Before I start adding journals and whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever the method might be, mm-hmm. what can I take away first? What don't I have time to do that stresses me out? Okay, maybe I don't have time to pack a lunch and that stresses me out because then I am all off plan and I'm running around and my blood sugar drops. This has been, I guess, going back quite a few years ago. So I would then say, okay, well, that's an issue right there. So I have to take away something so Mm -hmm. I can fix that. And um, so I kind of try to take that attitude with some of my clients where it's like, you know, they want to know, should I do yoga? Should I do this? I'm like, okay, let's just look at what it is right now and what we can take away. Right. And, you know, with carbonite, um, taking away a lot of carbohydrates throughout the day, um, six days a week, and you, you're able to reduce a lot of your exercise volume. Right. You've just freed up a lot of time. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's, I mean, that's one reason I keep on going, you know, carbonate when people are like, oh, I'm too busy for this, too busy for that. I'm like, hey, your nutrition right now, you can free up so much time just because of the way your nutrition is. So exactly. <laughs> I'm always looking for those things. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really hard to convince people. Like in the assessments that we do, that's mm-hmm. right on the assessment, right? It's yep. what's what are your top three stressors? And most of the time, um, time is one of those top three for yes, people. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the time on that, I don't know what you see, Alex, but a lot mm-hmm. of time I see body image. Yes. And I see that for males and females. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's usually in most people's top three or just um, like just frustrated because things haven't been progressing as fast as they had hoped. Um, So you see that a lot. And then the third one's kind of, it's up for grabs. It's kind of all over the place, but those seem to be the, uh, the top ones. Agreed. And Mm -hmm. uh, fortunately some of those things we can control. It might require totally retraining the way you've done things. Um, but they are in our control. And those are the things we need to focus on. So when the things out of our control creep out on, up on us, we are not totally swamped. Right. They just seem more manageable then. It's like once you've, I think, been able to tackle a couple of those in a more productive way, then thinking about any future ones that could come up, it's like, okay, I, I can handle that. If mm-hmm. something were to happen, I got it. I've done it before. And it didn't, it didn't knock me down. I think I can do that again. It just, it's yeah. you're less, the thought of it is less stressful. Because sometimes even that, just the thought of needing to do something or the, the thought of something potentially happening can cause a stress response. Rather, mm-hmm. and we're already stressing about something that hasn't even happened yet. So true. And, and maybe you can relate to this because I know in, um, in America, you guys just had Thanksgiving, which yes. is a lot later in the year than Canadian Thanksgiving. We get, mm-hmm. I think that it's like a month or so before, but then we go right into Christmas. And I don't know about you, but I think there's a lot of uh, research out there that I, maybe I've done a lot of that proves that families stresses people the most. <laughs> well, I was actually, we were talking about the top three stressors that sometimes people put on the assessments. I've seen family be in those top three numerous times. And whether that's, you know, that they're taking care of family members, that they just, you know, they have a large family, maybe there's a lot of kids involved. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And yes, family can be stressful. I mean, you're, you know, you care about them and you want to make sure that you're there for them and give them the, the support. And sometimes perhaps you're not getting that back. And, you know, there's just all sorts of things that, that are going to go on in the family environment that can be a stressor. And it, those I understand are harder to control because it is your family and you can't mm-hmm. necessarily just stop caring about them and stop worrying about them. And that one's a tough one. I think it's, I think it's one of the harder stressors. And I think that it just comes back to how we manage that stress. And I think what you said earlier in terms of what can we take away is really important here. Mm-hmm. So like exactly that's what I saw um, over the past month with the Thanksgiving holiday. Clients were just like, they were so stressed. Mm-hmm. Clients that I normally like when I interact with them, I'm like, oh, that person's pretty laid back and they have a great attitude. 
Thanksgiving with the family just totally sent them off the rails. Mm -hmm. And then they get a little bit of downtime, maybe like a week. I mean, I'm sure they're probably already Christmas shopping at that point anyway. And then we're right into the holidays of Christmas. And I can totally relate to this because my life kind of did a 180. So um, going back like four or five years ago, I lived out West. I didn't have any family out there. We were all ski snowboard bums who lived a very selfish lifestyle of like spending Christmas day and stuff, just skiing and snowboarding or snowmobiling and didn't do the family thing. Didn't have family around. It was like, it wasn't very realistic. My mom used to call it never, never land. Yeah. I was like, that never, sounds never, amazing. Where, yeah, where do I sign like, up? <laughs> it, it was like probably, and I, sh- I won't say that that lifestyle didn't come with its own unique stressors because it really, really did. And, and maybe I can get into those mm-hmm. in another podcast um, about the stressors of like the sports that people do, because that was a huge um, obstacle for me. But so I went from this environment where family was, it was so far away. And sure, you know, you could say, well, it's easier that way. There's guilt associated with that because mm-hmm. you feel far away. Right. Then you want to spend your vacations traveling to see them. So then I did the 180 and I moved back to Ontario to live close to my family. And it was like smack in the face. So now I'm into like everyone's works on every single holiday that we have mm-hmm. together, trying to manage schedules of having parents that aren't um, still married each other just you know (laughs) driving distances between you know my mom and I and all that stuff and then now that I'm married I've got my in-laws so there's a lot of juggling to do and I was just when I moved back to Ontario the biggest stressor for me was trying to juggle family Mm -hmm. and making everyone happy like before I just equally disappointed everyone I was far away (laughs) It was much easier for me. Not saying that I liked the feeling of being far away from my family. I didn't enjoy that feeling deep down inside, but it, you know, I didn't have that stress. Mm-hmm. So when I moved back, it was just like this huge slap in the face. And I saw my mom, like we did Thanksgiving weekend at the cottage. We had 25 people up there. Oh we my had to like, it was nuts. I spent four days, like I was like in the dish pit for like four days with my mom looking after all these people. And I came out of there with like a face full of acne and I mm-hmm. cried for four days when I came home. And so recently, uh, we're going to talk about like personal scenarios. I realized that this has to end <laughs> because my mom would just go like to the extremes with entertaining family and these big these events are supposed to be holidays. They're supposed to be right. relaxing getaways. Right. <laughs> and then it would, it would just be total chaos. So anyway, long story short, I had to really lay down the law and help my mom set boundaries and also set boundaries with, with her and, and me too. And I said, right. mom, I know you enjoy cooking for 24 people, but I get three days off, you know, and I'm going to enjoy them. I don't want to be like the sous chef dish pig for four right. days and come <laughs> home and need a vacation. And she really respected that. I mean, she really respected it. I think it came at a time where she was getting burnt out. So she was like, hey, maybe there's something to this. But mm, that's good. to sum it up, what we're doing this Christmas break is I've, finally convinced my mom to do things potluck. Wow, what a crazy idea. (laughs) And, um, you know, just setting those boundaries. We're going up to the cottage and we're going to spend some time together. I told my mom she's not allowed to cook for everyone. And then I went, I took it one step further and I called everyone that was coming. There's just a few of us. And I said, this is not going to be your typical come up to the cottage and us girls are going to cook for you guys all day long. Bring your cans of tuna, bring whatever the heck you want to eat. You guys are just, you guys got to take care of yourself. We might do the odd like family dinner together, but this is, we're changing the way we do things. And it was a little bit scary because right. I was waiting for someone <laughs> to tell me to where to yeah. go, but no one, everyone was just respectful and said, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. That's we don't great. mind doing that. You know, it's just people set precedent. Like, you know, right. no one minds cooking their own lunch, but if right. you're always there to cook them lunch as soon as they're hungry, they're going to get used to that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's just those, those boundaries and communication. And, you know, it really came down to like 
problem solving and troubleshooting, like sitting down and almost having like a meeting like you'd have at work and say, hey, family, this is nuts. How are we right. going to fix this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, the people that don't suffer <laughs> uh, from, from, you know, doing all this cooking and cleaning and all that stuff, they just, they're fine with it. It's the people that are, you know, they're usually the ones that cause the problem in the first place because we're trying to create this beautiful, nice, like vacation right. environment right. for everyone. So right. <laughs> I don't know if that goes on in your family, but <laughs> it does I'm a little sure bit. About- it does a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. And kind of. Italian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think it works too on, on the other side. For example, you know, I, I can feel the stress of my parents when, you know, I go and visit and I stay with them. And of course they want to make the environment nice for me. And, and just like you said, cook food and to kind of take care of me because I'm, you know, I'm not around that often. I don't visit very, very much. So, you know, I don't want to put that stress on them. And then on the side where I'm thinking about, you know, they know how regimented I am with my food and, you know, they've been you know, there the entire time through all of my pre-carb night dieting and when I was bringing all, you know, every ounce of food with me. But it's to the point now where I can, you know, they'll stock the fridge with things that they know that I like, which it also helps that they're doing carb night too. So there's a lot of the same staples in the fridge, but I can go in there and just make my own meal and they don't have to worry about it. And then I'm not stressed because you know, maybe they're not making something that I could eat. It just, I think it works out a little better for everyone. You know, I can eat the things that I like. They could just have things stocked or I can bring them, which I usually do as well, like the little extra things that I like. And, you know, just kind of going in prepared. So you're setting yourself up for success and you're not putting extra blame on, you know, on your family. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. It's just finding that balance like anything else. And it, it really comes down to communication and, and just setting limits and making a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm coming to visit. Don't worry about me. I'm going to bring a little cooler full of stuff that I like. And if I have to go to the store, I go to the store. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I these podcasts sometimes tend to like just kind of run away on us with time. <laughs> so I want to make sure that um, I want to touch on one thing, which is that I've seen recently, mm, a few times in the past year, women who have um, gone through the coaching process. And I think they, I just think that they put just so much stress on themselves that, okay, I, I have this, these guidelines now and I know what I need to do. Um, and they put so much stress on themselves. I've seen women actually, I think, stall their own progress just because they put so much pressure and emphasis on everything. Agreed. Um, and I was curious if you've seen that because I've seen some really interesting things happen where the only thing they've changed is taking away how much pressure they put on themselves or how much food tracking they're doing. And then all of a sudden progress starts picking up again. So I was wondering if you've seen that at all, and I'm sure you do. And I'm sure it's difficult to manage with stage prep. Yeah. Stage prep is kind of its own little world. I try not to compare that to, you know, the the everyday woman who's just trying to feel better, you know, maybe drop a dress size or two. Um, so they, you know, they're definitely a whole nother genre of uh, clientele and goals. But for the average person, yes, absolutely. I've had several experiences just in the past maybe nine months of women who just simply relaxed about it, stopped being nitpicky stopped, you know, worrying about the minutia and in a few cases even stopped exercising and all of a sudden things started happening magically. Who knew? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I guess I have seen that with, uh, wedding prep too, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Going prep. And when do they, they like do this crazy whoosh and lose all this weight the months after the wedding mm-hmm. and they haven't changed anything. They stop exercising. They're still doing carb night as they were before. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I think I got caught up in a little bit of that myself when I first started and I just really had to sit back and go, well, let me just backtrack to the thing that you said. I didn't want to interrupt you earlier is that you like to keep show prep clients and just everyday clients as two separate entities. And I really, People need to hear that loud and clear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you are not prepping for a show, 
you are not prepping for a show. Okay. Things mm-hmm. need to be at a different level. And, um, I had to, you know, do that check to myself when I started doing carb night and carb backloading, I was like, Hey, there is no timeline on this. Right. And when I eventually, like when I just finally let that go and I was like, okay, I'm just going to coast. I know I'm doing things right. That's when stuff really started changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my experience, you know, working out three, four days a week has been optimal. Any more than that has never been optimal for me. And uh, I've gone weeks where I've worked a lot, out a lot less than that, um, right. whether it be vacation or deload weeks or whatever it's going to be. Um, but it's just really about, well, I guess something that I noticed, especially once I took that step back and really focused on my stress management, making sure I wasn't training, I won't use the word overtraining, but training more than I needed to be training Mm -hmm. and allowing myself proper recovery. Um, The feeling that I got, uh, I know you were talking about your your skin. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like a real sense of, well, I'm I'm not going to steal this from a client because she actually described this to me uh, in a way that I was like, that's bang on what it is. Mm. I actually got a client to... um, take some time off. She'd never taken like a deload week from CrossFit and she'd been like actively involved for like two years and she Which, can't remember the last time. Yeah. People do this all the time. We'll, we'll touch yeah. on that later, but yes, I've been yeah. finding that to be very, very common. People just never take a rest ever. Ever. So I asked her, I said, Whoa, I said, when's the last time you like, she's showing me her protocols and everything. And so when's the last time you took a deload? She's like, what? What's I'm that? Like, like just <laughs> like just like a week off, like whatever. She's had some vacation. She, you know, she has a larger family. She doesn't go on big vacations or anything like that. Uh, she's like, well, no, like I started CrossFit two years ago. I don't think I've taken any time off since. I was just like, whoa, okay. Uh, long story short, she was basically in tears when I told her to take some time off. I wanted mm-hmm. her to take seven days and not go to the gym. <laughs> that the thought of that brought her to tears. She was petrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, it wasn't like she was making progress in the gym. She wasn't making strength gains. Her, her body composition wasn't changing. She felt like crap all the time. Um, anyway, so we took this deload week and we met for coffee. Uh, this is more of a, okay, this is more of a friend than client. I was just kind of helping <laughs> out. Um, for coffee and she's like you know what this feels like and I was like what she's like I feel for like the last two years I've been sitting in my car at a, at a red light with like the car in park but my my foot just pinned to the ground on mm-hmm. the gas and the thing's just revving full tilt and smoke's coming out under the hood and she's like right now I just feel like I'm just sitting in the car and it's just idling there's no noise doesn't feel like anything's gonna explode and I was like wow I couldn't <laughs> It's exactly how I felt when I used to overdo it with my mm-hmm. sports. You're just pinned on the throttle all the time. And kind of wondering way- why you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Why am I not going mm-hmm. anywhere? Why does this car sound like it's going to blow up? <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, that's what she described to me. It just mm-hmm. like, it totally, it was just such a strong moment for me because that is what happens to me. When I feel like I'm that car just revving and going nowhere, mm-hmm. that's my first sign where I'm like, whoa, 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 scale back, scale back. Cause, uh, the next stage for me is just uncontrollable hunger and cortisol's up, leptin's down. That's Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And the story. And, and that's my like intro into like getting, you know, off the rails. And I don't know, it clients teach me a lot about these things. I love hearing about, you know, when you help someone take that step back, like, I'm like, okay, so what do you feel now? What's that contrast? Do you feel like the car is just idling now. Nothing's going to explode. Okay, mm-hmm. so now just be aware of the the contrast there. And when you start going into that red line, pull back. Right, exactly. <laughs> you you know the difference now. But until you experience that difference, you don't know. You think that red line is normal. Right, right. And I think that comes back to, you know, points that we've we've discussed before, which is just paying attention and being aware and, you know, if you, whatever you are feeling, just allow yourself to feel it and acknowledge it when it's happening so that you can make better decisions in the future. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm not saying that any of this stuff is easy. No, it's all like <laughs> it. You know, you're picking yourself apart. No one likes to like pick themselves apart and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'm doing this wrong. I'm screwing this up." It's not easy. Um, but there's people that can help you in these situations, and it's you know what we're trying to teach on this podcast is just learning these things so you know what sets you off and mm-hmm. what works for you and what doesn't. And um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. I kind of rented for a while, but it, it is okay. something you see all the time. And I yeah. know, you know, when I was discussing that just there, you had chimed in and said, yeah, what is it with these like, you know, clients that we meet all the time that haven't taken a week off the gym in years? Right. Um, and they're not, you know, again, we're talking about the average person. We're not talking about athletes. We're not talking about someone who's in show prep. You know, these are just average people who just want to feel better, you know, feel physically capable, whatever that means to them, and and sometimes shed some body fat. You know, we're not for someone who's exercising as much as some of these some of these clients are, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. If it if it ends up being more work, more stress than it is helpful, you know, we're not trying to compete in something. So why bust our ass like we are? For sure. And, you know, when I, when I get that consult or that assessment back from someone and I see the top three stress stressors, I see uh, time in there uh, as like number one mm-hmm. or number two, you know, it, I always go back and I'm like, okay, well, you're exercising too much to begin with. You're, you're going to the gym six, seven days a week. And it's not just the time at the gym, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> that are listening. It's, it's uh, travel time. It's, shower time. It's all those things. They yeah, all planning your food around the sessions and it's a lot. It's a lot. So it's not just the 45 to 60 minutes you spend in the gym. There's a whole other domino effect that goes on. And so if you're going to come to me and say that time to do things is on the top list of my stressors, but then someone won't listen when I say you only need to weight train three or four days a week. I mean, we got to mm-hmm. stop there and fix that problem right away. Right. right. Um, so I think everyone, if you're listening to this podcast, should just look at that. What are your top three stressors? If time is one of it, one of those things, how much are you training? Um, if your diet is on, you can't out-train a poor diet anyway, but if your diet is in check, you don't need to be training that much. Right. Uh, you shouldn't be training that much, especially on something like carbonite, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people miss that when the, you know, uh, speaking more in, for the novices, people who are just starting off and kind of still in that old mindset of, you know, more is better. And, you know, that's definitely something that I struggled with at the very beginning when starting and realizing that all of that wasn't necessary and it was being more of a problem mm-hmm. than it was helpful. And um, a good a good example I just thought of is a, a client who I was trying to help make that shift to less, less is more. And part of her going to the gym was like, that's her place to go to get away and kind of focus on herself. And so for me suggesting, like the client you had, suggesting that she back off a little kind of freaked her out. So we negotiated. So I kept the amount of days that she was going, but what she did at the gym was completely different. So I took away two of her actual training days and made them more like foam rolling, stretching, walking. So she could still go to the gym and have her time, but she was being more gentle with her body on those days. And I think that that helped a lot. That's, that's bang on, right? Because, you know, you're going to adjust volume, frequency, and intensity. Those are the mm-hmm. three things you should be manipulating with your training. And um, that's, that's a perfect way to do it. If that's the getaway, that's a really, really, really wise suggestion. I like that one. I'm going to use that. Sure. And, and, uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. I hope you have one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember when, when I sent her the program, I didn't tell her that that's what I was going to do when I made the adjustments in the training. I was like, okay, I'll keep your, you know, your five days in the gym, send her the program. And then she's like, oh, I see what you did here. This is clever. <laughs> I was like, well, you said you wanted to go, so you can go. You're just doing very different things. <laughs> it's good. I really like that strategy. I think that's a wise thing that people can adopt just by listening to this. Mm-hmm. And and I know, you know, you kind of made the differenti- uh, differentiation between um, 
athletes for stage and um, just, you know, the average client that wants to lose weight and look better and feel better. Mm-hmm. So my sports history, just to tie it into stress, is a lot of like recreational slash competitive sports. Um, I've said it before and I'll probably talk about it in the future. Uh, my health was really what hindered any kind of real like uh, sports career that I had. And mm-hmm. I'm aware of that. And I've, you know, I've made peace with that. But even the, the clients that I get that love recreational sports, I, I attract a lot of those clients because of, they know about my history, mountain biking, dirt biking, all that kind of stuff. Um, I can tell you right now, even for you guys, you don't need to be training for that sport as much as you think. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I just see way too much uh, recreational sports mixed in with gym time. And yeah, sometimes like for me, I live in Canada, we have seasons that we get to do sports. So you want to try to like, you know, get it as many days as you can in the summer on your bike or on your snowboard in the winter. Um, it's just one of those things that, you know, now that I step back, I realize even as like a recreational sports enthusiast, my performance, my health, everything would have been better had I just managed how much time I spent on that bike. Mm -hmm. You know, every time the weather was crappy for a week and it would rain, we didn't get to ride the track. I go back to the track and I would have the best riding day of my life after Mm -hmm. a week off. And I always thought, oh, it's because I was so eager and I just had to like get (laughs) Oh, I just wanted to like pin it and go. And I was just, I just thought I was just pent up frustration mm-hmm. because yeah. in a week and a half, it wasn't until towards the end of my motocross days that I realized I needed the rest. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why I rode so awesome on those days when the weather was shitty for a week before. It was because I got the rest that I finally needed. Mind you, it was only because the weather sucked. I wasn't smart enough <laughs> to do that on my own. But, but I see a lot of recreational athletes doing that. And that's something I've really had to reel in. You and I had this conversation about, you know, the one thing that derails my diet, uh, my nutrition and mm-hmm. my strength gains in the summers is mountain biking. I right. really got to keep a close eye on that. And it's a stressor. I mm-hmm. love it. Makes me feel good. But it stresses my body out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story. Yep. I feel that way about tumbling. Because I practice gymnastics pretty often, but I'm doing more, you know, basic movements, nothing like super overtaxing, uh, you know, body weight, body weight, strength move, things like that. But when it comes to actually tumbling, like the full on, I'm doing back handsprings and backflips and whatnot. I do that maybe five times a year. And it's wow. really sporadic, mostly because I don't have access to a, a place where I can do it safely. It's just harder to come by as an adult. Um, but just like you, I had taken maybe seven months off because I just, when I, with all the moving around that we're doing, you know, I hadn't found a place. And once I finally did, I remember going in and thinking, okay, how is this going to go? Because it's been so long since I've done it. And I literally felt weightless, like flying through the air. This is amazing. I can't believe how great I feel. Same situation as yours. Like, who knew? I just needed to not do it for a while. And I was afraid going into it that I had lost a lot of it. Nope. It was like I never left, except I did. And that rest was exactly what I needed. Hmm. So interesting. So and, interesting. you know, had you not experienced that, you would never know. So it's all really about experiencing these things for yourself mm-hmm. to sell yourself on the fact that, you know, missing a week at the gym because you're going away on a nice vacation with your husband or whatever. Guess what? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, enjoy your vacation. Don't be like commuting to some gym while you're, I don't know, supposed to be lying on the beach and having a good time. It's exactly. like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mix up my vacations. Some of them are sporty and athletic. Some of them are just, I lounge around and do nothing. But regardless of what kind of vacation I'm taking, I am not stressing about a week of change. Right. I yeah. think that's important is that, especially when it comes to a vacation, but exercise in general should be something that you enjoy doing, that's fun for you, that you get pleasure out of, that's not another thing that you have to worry about, another thing that's on the calendar that you have to get done or else. It should be something that is going to be a benefit to you. And if it's being a stressor, if you're thinking about, oh, how am I going to make this happen? Don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I mean, a really good indication of that, I had just reminded me of a client who, uh, 
had to take a break from, she was, she came to me, she was on a break from CrossFit because she had injured her shoulder. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, and she noticed that as she was healing and she got the go ahead to go back from her doctor and she went back like once a week, guess what started happening to her? She mm. started having nightmares of CrossFit. Oh my goodness. She couldn't sleep the night before. <laughs> and, and I know that feeling um, from certain things that I've, you know, done in my life. When you start having that anxiety before you do something, that's not really a good feeling. There's like, no. there's a difference between like excitement and being like stoked to do something and like, you know, getting excited. But when you have like real anxiety and fear, especially if it manifests as nightmares. Um, yeah. Something's <laughs> not right not, there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that was her discovery. She came to that um, realization on her own. And she said, you know, I realized that this is just stressing me out. I'm just going to go back to regular exercise. She actually just continued to walk and do carb night and do quite well. Um, but I, things like that happen to people and you need to be aware of these things. Mm-hmm. And I thought that one was a pretty scary one, but, um, <laughs> you know, a little, little extreme, but I don't think, I don't think that that's in common. I agree. I really don't It's not. To have anxiety. I mean, sure. Maybe if you have a big race, you might have anxiety, you know, the few nights before, but as far as recreational exercise, you should not be experiencing that. No, you should be excited to go and do it. Mm-hmm. If anything. Yes. And not fear. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes fear and excitement gets confused. So, um, but yeah, it's just uh, your body is constantly trying to tell you all sorts of interesting things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think mm-hmm. one thing that important that you mentioned in that, I think uh, for time's sake might be a good kind of wrapping up point is sleep. Mm-hmm. And the quality of sleep and the amount of sleep we get and how important it is. And something that I remember hearing you talk about a long time ago and that I think is super helpful for a lot of clients is, you know, if you are having trouble sleeping because of the stress that's going on or, you know, you haven't allocated enough time to get in enough sleep is like the app that you talk about and Mm -hmm. how something like that can be really helpful just for clearing your mind um, helping you fall asleep, kind of stay in that deep sleep. Um, I have one that I use as well, but you want to tell everyone about what that app was? Yeah, I think Jim Laird was the one that introduced me to it. That's and right. it was, yeah, it's Brainwave. I have an iPhone, so um, yeah, it's called Brainwave. I, I am not the kind of person, like, I, I'm not into this stuff. Uh, you know, I was, I'd almost say like I was a real skeptic, right? But mm-hmm. Actually, the first time I ever used it, so when I know I push myself too too far, too hard for too long, my heart rate increases, uh-huh. and it increases a little bit, but it's I can feel it. Um, so I've got like a pretty low heart rate, it's like fifty four beats per minute. Mm-hmm. If I go in like to a really stressful state, it will go up into like the mid sixties. But more than anything, I can it, 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 I can feel it. I lie in bed and I can feel my heart pounding. It's not racing, but it just feels like it's pounding. Wow. And so something that I've realized in the last year, and I learned this after Paleo FX, because um, that just happened to sync up with some other crazy (laughs) stressors that were going on. Um, I came back and I just couldn't get my heart rate down. First place I noticed it was in the gym. I would do like a set and I was like, holy crap, my heart rate is not recovering. And I actually thought I was pregnant because I know that's one of the signs. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Got that sorted out. Wasn't pregnant, like, but that's how obvious it was right. to me. Started using the Brainwave app. I used it twice uh, in one day. So I had like a nap with the Brainwave app as on the meditation and then used it that night. This is after this went on for like two weeks and my heart rate was back to normal the next morning. Interesting. And so I sometimes have to remind myself that that app exists and it's helped me so much in the past, but it's one of those things and my husband knows. So if I... I'm going through something. He's like, I think you should brainwave. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it works every single time. I just talked to the client this morning that uses the same app and, and says the same thing. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. I'm always like, when I'm not like a believer in something and it has that huge effect on me that I'm sold. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Cause I know <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, 
I think all those things, you know, that's something you can do while you're going to sleep. So it's not like you're adding travel to go to a yoga class and right. all that stuff. It's something you can easily do at home. I'm just kind of in that mode right now where I'm not looking for adding other things that I have to um, get out of my routine to do. Right. So that's been really helpful for me. <laughs> Good. I mean, whatever, yeah. when it comes to sleep, I'm pretty much willing to try anything that's not, you know, besides taking drugs or something to make me go to sleep. You know, I've done the melatonin before. Um, but beyond that, you know, I want to sleep as, as naturally as possible and not have to feel reliant on something. But when I started listening to just different sounds going to sleep, I have a my, the app I use often is Relax Melodies. It's just a series of sounds. You can kind of choose between water or uh, the flutes for some reason is my go-to. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like of like a massage environment. Like if I'm going to go get a massage when more often than not, if it's a relaxing massage, I will fall asleep. So yeah. I found that, okay, let me just use those same sounds and it works. It works like a charm. It I focus on the sounds rather than, you know, my to-do list in my head when I'm falling asleep mm -hmm. and it really helps. I wake up and I, I slept well and I feel rested and it's it's just a nice go-to. Awesome, that's mm -hmm. that's a good one, I like it. I like the sound, like the sound association. So if so, you're mm -hmm. someone that likes massage or someone that likes nature, then maybe that's a good setting to put it at. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I have it that way, cool. Well, mm -hmm. anything else so, you wanna throw out there for the listeners for stress management uh, or? I don't know. You said something about melatonin. Don't ever take too much mel melatonin. Oh, <laughs> I've done it before. I've done it before. <laughs> I did it once. And honestly, and then I, you know, I did a little bit more research and I was like, I don't need this in my life. And I definitely never need to take too much again. And I just chucked it. <laughs> don't do that. End of story. <laughs> you just don't, you don't think about it because it's like, you know, it's a natural supplement and you don't think it's, there could be too um, much, but there is yeah, <laughs> just, like anything, just like anything, just like anything. Too much. Yeah, it's not okay. Headache ever had in my life. Oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do it, guys. Um, no, I really don't have too much. I think stress is probably going to be one of those things where it's it's probably going to be somehow incorporated into a lot of the podcasts that yeah. we do. So let's not beat it to death today. And sounds good. I'm glad we shared some personal experiences and stories, and um, I'm sure there'll be a lot more. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely. <laughs> well, that'll wrap up today's episode. Thank you guys for listening and tune in next time. See you guys later. Bye. You've been listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengel. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.